You're listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with Tori and Katie. You're listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with just Katie today. Today's episode features an interview with Molly Authorson. Molly is a technical sales specialist at Digico who design and manufacture live digital mixing consoles. She enrolled at the University of Surrey in 2015, where she studied the Tonmeister course in music and sound recording. As part of the course, she spent a year as a placement student working at Digico in the R&D department, beta testing new software and products before they were released. After finishing her degree, Molly returned to Digico full-time as a member of the sales team, providing technical support to the marketing team and the rest of the sales team in the form of technical documentation, customer training and support, and training videos. She also gets involved in the test department when they're busy to help test new products and software. Hi, how are you doing? Hello. I always like to kind of start at the beginning and how your interest in audio developed from the beginning of your life. I guess it started when I was about eight or nine. I started playing the trumpet and joined all sorts of orchestras and then it wasn't until I, I was about 12 or 13, I got quite into rock music myself, like bands like Nirvana and stuff, and thought, I want to play the guitar because that's the coolest one. Um, and then started playing it and I was sat at home playing on our family computer and saw a little app that had a picture of a guitar and thought, must be cool. Clicked on it and it was Garage Band, and then just got into recording and just went from there, really. Um, just wanted to record stuff, ended up doing music tech at uh, sixth form and then on to an audio degree and ended up where I am now. Yeah. Basically from your your placement, right? But you did go into school with a different expectation, right? That you might have been doing studio work. So can you tell me a bit about that and how that shifted? Well, I just wanted to work in a recording studio essentially and As part of my university course, there was a lot of studio time, but I'm the sort of person who I need my sleep. And I think it was one too many times of being in the studio at like 4am with musicians trying to be creative and I'm just there wanting to go to bed. So I thought, I mean, live gigs, it's still late nights and stuff, but there's a definite end time which I very much like. And I've always been into more techie stuff. I was always taking stuff apart when I was growing up, seeing how it worked. So the combination of live audio and more on the tech side sort of suited me quite well. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense for you. Yeah, yeah. Everything's fallen in line, I think. Can you tell me about your schooling? That sounded like a really good education at the University of Surrey. It was very, very technical, but It was a weird course because we did stuff like computer programming and electronics. And I always felt that if I wanted a career in computer programming, there are other people who have done whole degrees all about programming and therefore know far more than I do. But the role I ended up doing, I found knowing a little bit about a lot of things means I can just understand what everyone's talking about in the office. So all the software guys talking about, oh, we've had this problem and we're trying to fix it this way. I sort of know what they're talking about instead of just having no idea. Smile and, and nod, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's good. So you have like a really good 
overview that made it perfect for this job. Yeah, yeah. What was the placement like and then how did that evolve? Completely different. So the, the placement, yeah, I was sat in this room in the office called the tent. Mm. Um, it's not a tent. Thank God. But <laughs> I've been told it used to be um, many years ago. Um, it used to be sort of like a mini stage, I'm told, where you could have one console and pretend to mix front of house in order to test things or show things off. Cool. But has since evolved into a massive room with two of every single console we make um, in order to test things. So every day I was using consoles, looking for software bugs and trying to break it, essentially. Um, although I was told that using a hammer was cheating. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the what I would do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's the quick way to make it go wrong. I found um, a bug. Yeah, testing every day. Yeah. <laughs> How did those tests go? For the most part, it's sitting there using the console and just seeing what happens. You need to know what should happen. So when first starting out with the consoles, I, to be honest, I'd never even heard of Digico before I started. Oh, good. I didn't admit that in my interview. Of course um, <laughs> But never used one before, so when you're first learning you don't know what it's supposed to do right but then after a few months it was a I was able to sit there and I press a button and then maybe see something over there that's oh that that's the wrong color or just small things knowing how it's meant to work right. and then just testing it All right today I'm going to pretend to be a monitor engineer and test this part of the software or today I'm gonna test this part of it so yeah, just lots of using consoles, really. So from your placement, can you tell me about getting your job? Anyone who has heard of Digico probably knows that we're quite a party company. Oh, really? Everyone <laughs> drinks an awful lot and the social side um, is very important. Fantastic. Um, and when I was on placement, it, we'd gone to the pub for Christmas drinks and everyone was a little bit tipsy. And James, the, the MD, said to me, what do you want to do when you finish your placement? And I said, to be honest, I'd quite like to come back. And he was like, okay, that's, that's you coming back. You've got a job in the sales department. And then just started introducing me to everyone else. This Molly, she's going to be in sales. But the problem was the next morning I woke up feeling a little hungover and thinking, was that, did he really mean that? Have I really just had a job offer? Um, but then Every time I saw him after that, it was at some sort of social event. So we were drinking and that <laughs> I spent most of the year waiting for an official in the office, sober, sit down. <laughs> yes, this is an official job offer. Um, eventually got it like in my last week. And when I was back finishing my degree, I think they must have been looking at all of the different tasks that they didn't have anyone to do and that would suit me. So coming back. My first task was writing data sheets. So about the really factual stuff. It's got this many faders. It's got this, it's got this. Because we just haven't had anyone to do it. It's, Digico is relatively small and no one's done it before. So it's like, right, Molly, now we've got <laughs> you fun. back. You can do that. <laughs> so at first it did feel a little bit like all the stuff that no one else wanted to do. Right. <laughs> um, I don't mind it and then it's since progressed into all sorts of different things um I help out with testing whenever they're busy 
what is a day in the life of Molly Otherson look like at work? Oh, it really, really depends. I mean, this, this week, every day has been doing work on videos. So we've got a new, I guess, series of videos we're working on about some of our quantum products, our quantum consoles that we've been working on. So filming every day and then editing has been taking quite a while. Some days it's video stuff or writing scripts. Other days it's testing things or if we have customers in, sometimes I have to show the customer, do a demo or training for customers. I could never predict what I'm going to be doing on any day. I quite like it. That's really fun. What is it about your job that connects with you? I think the good mix between sitting down all day, not really rushed environment, but then every so often going out to visit customers or traveling. Well, not recently traveling, but hopefully soon again. I just like the mix of things and being able to get a bit techie with R&D, but then also getting a bit salesy as well getting involved in a little bit in all of the departments I quite enjoy do you have to watch the market of what everyone else is doing is that part of the gig not part of my gig but there are certainly people keeping an eye out keeping up to date with what other companies are doing digico we're part of the audiotonics group so audiotonics they also own ssl um calrec allen and heath Mm. um and as of yesterday, I believe a company called Sound Devices who do location recording equipment. I swear I just saw that. that um, yeah, the headline for that. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I guess the benefit of that is we can all collaborate and as a group try and get ahead of the market. So I guess when one company worked on some groundbreaking technology share it so we all get ahead of the game right how did the testing work back in june it did get a bit surreal at times because back in june gigs hadn't happened for over a year and being stood in a room with two musicians playing but hearing six other well four other musicians all playing at once it felt like a real gig but one of the interesting things we found, we also part of Audiotonics is a group called Clang, who do immersive in-ear monitoring. So basically binaural in-ear monitoring. And we were using that on the project. And we found that with the musicians having stuff in 3D, they were much more tolerant of higher latency. And we, we believe it's because when, when you're listening in stereo, your brain thinks it's inside your head. So is confused if it's late but it's inside my head (laughs) whereas with the 3d your brain knows it's outside of your head and I mean something I'm probably going to get the numbers wrong but like a meter away is three milliseconds latency if our brain thinks it's outside of our head it thinks oh yeah there's latency that just means it's not it's further away using that meant we could get up to I believe it was about 30 milliseconds of latency before the musicians started thinking, what's going on here? What are you doing to us? That's so interesting. Yeah, because I was thinking, uh, why would you need binaural in-ears? My boyfriend and I build guitars together. Well, he does most of the building and then I just do a bit of sanding and then all the electronics in it. Um, Yeah, most weekends we spend in his little workshop building guitars. That's fantastic. 
Well, when I was in when I was in school, actually, I did an electronics GCSE, so understanding like learning how to solder and this component does that, this component does that, um, and then a little bit as part of my degree. So that component there and that component there is a low pass filter. But to be honest, I think guitar electronics are a lot simpler than anything to do with consoles. So. It, it's. I feel like it's a nice. I can go home and feel like I'm as clever <laughs> as everyone else doing my little electronics, um, and making things sound nice. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. So, what do you do with the guitars when they're done? Like y- you've completed some, I imagine. Several guitars. Yes. Um, a couple already. Um, started. A few of them have been built for people in particular. So one of the first ones we built was a custom left-handed nine-string fan fret guitar, which is an outrageous instrument. Um, I don't really know why anyone needs it, but someone wanted one and didn't want to have to pay four or five grand for someone who's been doing it for years to build it from scratch for them. That was quite an interesting learning curve that one yeah yeah <laughs> that's a that's a good starter <laughs> wow Did, but they paid you right they paid you something yeah, <laughs> okay <laughs> wow that's so cool so uh what is your um do you have a favorite digico product that you think is just like so cool you would tell everyone in the world it's for them <laughs> because it's that cool <laughs> I'd say probably the Quantum 338. It's it's one of our newer consoles. It was we launched it twen- start of 2020 at NAM. Um so it was we were thinking oh this is going to be loads of people are going to buy these 3 months in. Oh no, pandemic, no one's buying anything. Fuck. Um but I mean it it's we've got bigger screens in it. Um it looks high tech it looks nice and it's just I mean I mean I guess it's the shiny new toy um which I always enjoy yeah no kidding yeah okay so you know how you look at the CVs of the newcomers what is it you're yes. looking for and what sort of advice do you have for folks we're looking for people who have had some sort of experience in audio preferably a bit of experience in live audio I guess that's the main thing a lot of our um, interview is based on me well we haven't been able to meet everyone recently all just teams calls or zoom calls but people's personalities and their technical knowledge if they actually know what they're talking about but also if they get on well with people so what I didn't realize when I when I had my interview I went into a room and was explained, right, this is the job we're offering. We're going to hear all the numbers and stuff. We're going to take you through to the people doing it at the moment. So you can just have a chat, ask some questions, and then we'll ask you some techie questions. And what I now realise is that bit, we're going to let you ask questions of the current placement students. The current placement students are working as spies, essentially. (laughs) what they think of you and your personality are you asking questions are, are you interested um or are you a bit weird um, <laughs> there's not only two <laughs> options 
Are you interested or just are you weird? I mean, who wouldn't be interested? Uh, exactly. So you're right. There is only two options. <laughs> yeah. But it's very much anyone who, going into the building um, for an interview, anyone you meet will probably be later asked when you leave, what did you think about them? To be honest, anyone who works at Digico will probably say that everyone who works there is weird. Yeah. So if you're weird, you'll probably fit in. Perfect. Good advice. <laughs> stay weird and stay weird. Yeah. Yeah. But stay interested. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, you're probably going to have like a flooding of resumes coming in <laughs> because it sounds so much fun to work there. Do you think you'll end up, what do you expect from your future in, in audio? I must say, I do enjoy the live side of things. Even though it is high pressure, there is a definite home time. I mean, maybe I do studio stuff, but I couldn't see myself working in a studio from an engineer's point of view. If I was in a studio, maybe I'd be in the little tech area fixing stuff, but I probably wouldn't be working with the talent. <laughs> you could have an idea of what you think you might like, just as a kid, you are drawn. But the nice thing about audio is that even if the audio aspect attracts you, there's so many areas you can go that suit you so much better. Yeah. Definitely. Super nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Sound Girls podcast. You can find out more information on the website, soundgirls.org. The Sound Girls Living History Project is a collection of oral history interviews that highlights the careers and achievements of women and underrepresented groups in audio. One of the interviews is with Stephanie Brown, a sound editor and dialogue and ADR supervisor, known for her work on The Incredible Hulk, 8 Mile, A Wrinkle in Time, and many others. Working on The Matrix was probably my favorite because at the time we didn't know what that movie was going to be. But we knew something was going to happen. And to see the phenomenon that movie became was amazing. And then to be involved in the sequels, it's still the highlight of my career is just being involved in that. Be sure and catch the full interview with Stephanie Brown, along with all the other Our Living History interviews, over on the Sound Girls website audio or YouTube channel. Production, providing the tools, knowledge, and support to further their careers.